Hey everyone, welcome to the Best Sports Golf Canadian Open Betting Preview. I'm Ryan Noonan, excited to be joined, as always, by my two friends in the spot. First, it is the uh, director of all things content related here at Best Sports, Andy Mahler. Andy, how are we feeling today? A little light on your toes to get started this morning? Yeah, a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of golf uh, matriculating, I've used that word a couple times now, all over my timeline. And it's not, not all Canadian Open. We'll get to some of that. It is not, but a big week for our friend, obviously, uh, who's 20 minutes from the course. Uh, it is uh, your favorite golf house, favorite golf top from the Mayo Media Network is Jeff Feinberg. Jeff, how are we doing, bud? I am doing well. It rained last night. It's raining now again quite hard. It's not supposed to rain this week, but of course it's going to be pretty lush, I think. Oh, yeah, so there's that if people care about that and yeah, so much going on with Liv and, and a, a great field in, in Canada this week and a U.S. Open next week that is sort of like so on the back burner, but it's going to smack us in the freaking face, I think, at some point. Or when people sort of come out from this Liv energy, they're going to like, why were we wasting our time with that? I maybe I'm one of those. I am guilty. I will just close this off and start this off by saying, I don't really care much for the golf at the moment. Like, I'm not interested. Like, I don't care about watching it. Like, I'm not just interested. I'm not interested in that. But I am hyper fascinated in the conversation surrounding its existence. That is where my interest is. I don't know whether it'll be good, te- good streaming, cringe streaming, like painful to watch or entertaining i have no idea i well that'll play itself out but i am here for the conversation around its existence i couldn't agree more i'd be interested to see how it plays out long term as a product but i don't know how you cannot be in the space or a fan of what's going on and consuming this show in any way and not be enamored with all the discussions and moving parts and you know whether it's you know, geopolitical stuff aside, but it definitely, you can't really put it aside because it's really part of the discussion here. It is so incredible to kind of see how this process is going to come along and really how the tour continues to try to fight what seems like an uphill battle and maybe a losing battle long-term. Um, it, it is, it's wild to see guys like, um, you know, Dustin Johnson saying today that he is, you know, relinquishing his his tour card basically and the with the expectation that I agree with that they'll be able to play the majors. And I, I do think that with the US Open pending and then there's an event, I believe the next live event is here in the States in like Oregon, right? Like I think then you start to see even some more bigger names start to get into the discussion. Um because this is an insane amount of money. Uh life changing. Cause again, we didn't get to talk about this here last Tuesday because it the schedule or like the the names finally came out on wednesday morning so we didn't really get to unpack it but uh uh and yeah what are your thoughts i mean there's it's hard to have an organized discussion around this because there's so many moving parts but it is uh it's it is fascinating like jeff said i talked about a little bit on the deep dive last night with drew and it's it's like yeah i get that like hey that's some some bad actors running things but i've always i've always been fine maybe not as a viewer or a fan like if if I'm a fan of let, let's just use it. I live in Minnesota, like Adrian Peterson, eh, it was pretty rough. Like what you know the pictures of the kid and all that, and you know beat the shit out of a kid. Not good. Like I, as a fan, I can say like you know what I'm not as big of a fan as him anymore. But I've been able to separate like horrible horrible people and things like that when I'm betting or doing fantasy because I can't. I can't be like, oh, I'm not betting on that guy or I'm not having him on my fantasy team. Like if if I'm going to let that store sort of stuff creep into my financial decisions, because that's what they are about betting, then I mean I'm I'm handicapping myself at that point. So like I again I've I've been able to separate, you know, really shitty people and still bet on them. Like I bet on I bet on some horrible people and and it is what I mean. We have this, this sort of stuff happens in golf, too. There's some criminals on the tour, honestly. So it's it's a shitty deal, like, the people that are running this. But at the same time, like, betting Andy says, that's ah, one more tour to bet on. And there's some fun names. And I'm going to have outrights on the on the live tour this week. I'll have outrights. I, I, I'm actually kind of excited about this part of it because I don't know what the first one ever offered. I'm sure people were betting just with locals 100 years ago. 
because golf is such a betting game, but we have a chance. We have a unique opportunity to 10 years down the road to say, I have bet money on every single live event <laughs> that's ever happened. I did it. Like, like, wow. really? like, like, you, you know, you know, that's, it's, it's been like 10 years. Yeah, I did it. I I've been an outright in every single event. <laughs> Tell your grandkids one. about it. Yeah, I can, I'm going to, I'm going to keep this street going. So, mm. and you can't, if you do not bet this week, you cannot say that. So you have to start now. And again, I, it's, it's, no, but I, 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 I think the main thing that I'm, I don't want to say I'm waiting to pass judgment because I've passed judgment. It's like, hey, guess what? They beheaded a reporter and they, uh, you know, they fostered terrorist networks. They're shitty people. But I think the what I'm waiting to pass judgment on is what, like, what the PGA Tour is going to do. Like, that's what I'm waiting to decide is how I feel about all this. Because in my mind, the real quandary for me is like, how does this affect the future of golf? How does this affect the PGA Tour down the road? How does this affect all the alt tours? And it really, a big part of that is going to come down to is how does the PGA respond to this if they're going to be thumbing their nose at them and, and saying like, oh, guess what? You can't play at the major. Or if Augusta is going to say, guess what? Two former major champions here that are still, you know, in decent enough form, despite how old Phil is, like, you can't play here. The the, the Masters Committee says no. Like, yeah, I, I don't know how... You got Sergio. You got yeah. DJ. I don't count Sergio as like a good golfer though. Yeah, he's younger than Phil. <laughs> he's younger than yeah. Phil. I, I, I would take I would take Phil heads up against Sergio. I sort of agree with it. Like the fascination is how this affects the future of golf. How this yeah. affects like golf's top young prospects. How this affects. You know, it seems like guys they don't have to do the grind potentially if they've earned that right to not to, the geopolitical stuff. You said it, Ryan. You can't ignore it. And you try to make a comment that doesn't involve it. It's like you don't care about 9-11. 9 is horrible. Like, I don't, what do you, how do I answer that? Like, right. I, I don't know what to say, but I'll only respond. And this is probably the defeatist attitude that got us in this place. Like, this world's a fucking hellscape full of hypocrisy. Like, you're going to tell me this league, that league, that owner's horrible half these EPL teams that Sky Sports makes money off of are owned by these guys. Like, I don't understand. And I'm not saying because EPL does it or F1 does it. It's right. But I, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? I can't follow everything. I'm wearing a Nike hat. Like, to some people would say that's like already I've already crossed a line, <laughs> potentially. And I'm not comparing wearing a Nike hat to 9-11 either. I just don't know. They'll tell me where I can eat chicken. Like, I don't know. And I'm just a sports fan and life is confusing. And I got two kids and I'm just trying to just get the, the monotony of life and golf helps me through it. So there's more golf and it's changing and I'm going to be a part of it. Like that's yeah. it. You know, I don't know. I, yeah, that's so how it affects the future, how it affects prospects, how it affects majors. It sucks to think, I, I, I don't know, like guys get paid to play. So does your favorite pitcher. He makes he makes that money before he throws his first pitch that day. Does he try less? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've had a lot to say on the internet this morning, so it's for weird for me to say I don't know, but I'm just taking it like like Andy in this regard. I can't keep up. I'm I'm sorry. And there's people that are probably really offended by that. I, I'm not I'm not a good enough person, I guess. I just gotta do what's good for me in the same way they are. Yeah. I don't know. What to I mean, say. we can I think you can be, and hopefully people are, I don't know, like mature enough to have a little bit of separation here and have a conversation for what this is as an entity without the other stuff. And again, like I said at the top, like it is from like a totality standpoint, you can't separate it, but like we can have discussions about how this is such a unique situation and how it is going yes. to ideally or not ideally but like i think it's going to impact the tour it impacts the model that we have been you know grown up watching and, and covering and loving and that thing that that is a this is a very more than a wrinkle currently right we have to at least kind of ride out those current things the money involved is insane and we could obviously you can't have that discussion without the political piece of it but like 
seeing these young kids get this guaranteed money, as Jeff said, to have to skip the grind, basically. Um, you know, even the, the guys that are kind of in the middle or to the top of this with like the, you know, Louie was talking about how he was looking to just kind of hang out on the farm in Florida. And now this came along and like this guaranteed money at the top to have a massively truncated schedule to do what you love, to do what you do and still go out and earn, but then get all this money that's just guaranteed. Like it's to really not be hard. retired, but to still get to do it on a schedule that works and shocker some of them are cash players some of them play for legacy we know that and they're mm -hmm. some of them are very vocal about that rory's life without a fifth major would he will not wreck like his life will not feel complete if he had to stop at four by the for where he got four yeah other don't give a shit they could have zero it ain't no hobby it's a just a job it's a job and that's weird. And it's weird to think of a guy going to an exquisite golf course to be pampered, has to look at it like a job, but it just is. It just, it just money, is. So you've got to respect uh, some of money, that. Money, money just, you know, we can sit here and judge, but boy, I would, I would struggle to turn down that sort of money for anything. Like you could, you could get me to do some pretty horrible things for that kind of money. And, and it just, I mean, just, uh, anybody who is in uh, a level of power in government or business or just is a rich, rich person has had to make trade-offs like that. And that's where, you know, you just have to, we just have to realize like uh, enough money will make stuff like that go away in your brain. Like, we, we spoke about it with the, the Deshaun Watson, you know, uh, situation last night. Again, Drew and I said, I said, there's a, there's a very good chance. And he drew said a hundred percent. And I'm, I'm, pretty much there too where they just said like hey this deshaun watson character like before they signed him like he he's probably like a sexual deviant and a criminal but we have a business to run here and he's a super high-end talent that we could get and we could you know make this franchise make a lot of money and win a lot of games like what's the trade-off there and they just, you know, you weigh it. It's like the, it's like the fight club thing where, you know, Ed Norton's explains his job where they have to determine how many people die in a, due to an auto defect before they do a recall. Like there's just a, there's a, a, a trade-off for everything and it's, it sucks, but that's how the world works. And I had that part going through my mind over the last few weeks. Like Phil Mickelson sees himself as the smartest guy in the room. We've all got friends that think of themselves that, and we know they aren't. And they say really dumb things, and we laugh at them for it. That's it. The smartest, the guy who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, you know, <laughs> makes a silly comment, and we laugh because he's just caught up in how smart he is. He didn't do what Deshaun Watson did. Like, he didn't do something horrible. He said something really stupid. Yeah. And he got treated like someone who did something heinous that was i found really weird i do believe that you can't just jump like i get their independent contractors and i make the wrestling tie often a because i believe in some ways there are so many parallels to wrestling and golf in just a weird way let me explain they're both hyper niche sports at the total hyper popular hyper 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 popular niche they're not nfl they're not nba they're not baseball at the total opposite ends of the spectrum of you know maybe socioeconomic class or who is watching that sort of thing but they're monopolized and they're independent contractors and sometimes disruption was good in in that element so i'm excited for disruption here but you can't go oh i want to wrestle for vince one week and wrestle for turner the next like that's not allowed if they're not allies like european tour and pga tour so anyone who thinks that should be allowed i totally agree where the pga is like hell no hell no our spawn we and that's part of it they charge so much money for sponsors of tournaments that they can't diminish those tournaments in any in any way in any way um i mean i said a lot i said a little maybe that wrestling thing is is weird, but I no, see makes sense. I see Phil and and DJ no different than Scott Hall and and, and Kevin Nash. It's it's less days on the road. It's guaranteed money. It's less work for more pay, and they you know that's it. That's it. Who is, is that simple? Almost less work for more, like significantly more pay. 
guaranteed pay and then more pay at the top against a smaller, weaker field. Like I kind of with Andy, like I, I'm surprised that some, I think maybe we're just, they want to see how like the tour reacts. And if they do have a legal leg to stand on as far as, you know, it's the, the legacy thing. tour is a greed filled entity as well. They Absolutely. run those fucking things 50 weeks a year. Shame on them. Yeah. Shame yeah. on them. Absolutely. They could take two weeks off of time here, there all the time. Shame on them. They think that they got to run those fucking events all year. Now we have this small schedule and these dudes are getting, again, but it's a small, not, you know, garbagey field and the winner's going to take home significantly more than anyone's made at any event this season, just with the purse money. So, uh, you so know, what happens this week when some total jabroni wins, who's 800 world ranking points higher than, then the guy ranked 80th in the world. What happens then? They're gonna guys are gonna lose their mind. What does this week pay on live? Eight million, ten million? Like for the first place? Something stupid? I think it's four. But still oh, sorry, four. But that's more than anything else. Yeah, no, what happens when he wins two and a half majors in one shot? Right. And he's 850 in the world. He just won back to back players' championships. Yeah. Ranked 850 payday. What sort of I don't I don't think yeah, I don't think there's like some I don't think there's some like exodus. It's still just as I mean the, the, enough people have to realize like that's one off. You know, if it happens week in and week out, there's gonna be some guys. What's that? There's only 50 of them, and uh, 20 yeah. of them are you're as good as yeah, that's where I'm I'm still wondering. Like some of these guys just I don't know what would have to happen for one of those guys to, to win. Like it's still, it feels like it's just the winners coming from the top 20 guys. You know, there, there are some names that also, are just, man. I mean, it's, I, I agree, it, it I agree but at and, some I mean, point it still happens at some point, someone's going to win. <laughs> like I said, they're going to win two players championships with a thousandth ranked ranking and guys <sighs> are going to like be doing spinning and their wives are going to look at them like, okay, the, the dream is dead. Front. The dream for you to like win a major, be some FedEx Cup glory player, it's over, honey. Yeah, I, I think, and the people that are over there already, these people that you're describing as you know eight hundred spots below, they they already got their money up front. Well, I'm talking about I, Chase Kepka, like just no, as an no, example. No, but yeah. they they got the Chase Kepka got paid to come play already. Like they got half decent money up front. You know, some, some of these, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't DJ money, but they got a big chunk of money. So I'm saying, like, I don't think it's, you know, some of these low-end guys are going to be like, oh, man, I'm going to go just go over there and win. If they, you know, if they wanted to, I, I think there's probably a lot of offers floated. You want to know something? The players, I would be most the players I would be the most attracted to in the to-win market would be, like, the really good play. Like, oh, I know it sounds silly because I made fun, made fun of him, but Kevin, nah. Like, yes, he's made $39 million on the PGA Tour in his career, but he's made probably a lot less than say like McDowell and Poulter and Sergio and certainly Phil and DJ. So this is literally like, um, like he's going to see these as like gap filling opportunities more so than easy money, if that makes sense. So that's kind of like silly enough where my mind goes. Think you don't even have to win. Like there's, there's prizes for fifth place too. Who was that that said that, uh, they they play they pay twenty they pay t top twenty players pretty good too. Um, but you got dudes like Peter Uline that are getting six million just to come over and play. Like like this is this is the part to me that is, and, and that's where I think like it's not going to change someone's mind if some long shot wins this event. Like like oh shit, I could get a big chunk just to go there. And right. and uh, Dan did the math like the person who finishes dead last, their purse is worth the same as the guy who finished 20th at the RBC Canadian. Like it, I don't think, I don't think like, you know, some, some long shot winning is going to change hearts and minds. The money's already stupid. Right. So I think, I think what, I think the thing that we're holding out on is people are going to wait until the U S opens over. Mm -hmm. People are going to, because, because I really don't think the RNA is going to give a shit. They're not going to like keep people out of the open for this. So they wait till the U S opens over and then there's going to be some weird second group of folks that are like, all right, I wanted to make sure I get that last major in, maybe catch it. They just don't want to go to England. They're like, yeah. timing oh, yeah. wise. no, there's a, you are 100% right. You get the sense there is almost like a tidal wave 
of players in that weight and see like Kevin Kisner can go tomorrow. He can go in two months. Like it doesn't matter. He just, let's just, you know, I'm, the cost benefit analysis is let me just like wait this out a little bit. I don't need it to. And, and I don't doubt that anyone that's there right now, they got a bit of a um, like doorbuster special price. Like, help us walk through the door first time yeah. bonus. Sure. Uh, and I'm not like, you know, but that, that's irrelevant because uh, they'll want a Kevin Kisner, a Matt Kuchar. Like, they'll accept those guys with open arms forever, I would think. I would think so too. Anyone that's even sort of at yeah. the Co top Kokrak's tier. in the U.S. Open field. Like Kokrak may announce he's go. Kokrak may announce how much he got paid on the 18th green Sunday. Like <laughs> he's he's champing. He's gonna go. So I mean, yeah. I mean, Kokrak, there's, Kisner, there's a few guys that are just gone. Kokrak in contention on the weekend. They probably put him. They put him in like a jersey on Sunday that says "Golf Saudi" on the back. <laughs> Like what? Like what they will dress those guys as if they're contending at a major next because they don't have sponsors anymore. Golf Saudi, I think, is their is their sponsor. Yeah. Um. So we roll back be, all the uh, the shark gear from the eighties, you know. Yeah. And then the other part of it, if you're like the top one two college prospect, why don't I leave school too early? Let me maybe Liv will sign me to a two or three year deal, and then even if PGA doesn't want to accept me. I'll Q school on Monday qualify. Like if I'm a good enough, but I'm taking $12 million to support my family, to buy my parents homes, send my nephew to school. I don't know whatever they got to do. Not everyone's Maverick McNeely in the ecosystem of golf, although there are, you know, it's more likely that way, but in an NBA NFL dynamic, I'm taking that bag. And one day I would like to get to the PGA tour and qualify for Ryder cups and FedEx cups. But these first three years, I'm doing this. That's that's where I wonder, and that's probably my, the, my last thought on that was they will have to change some things because you think about other sports. And granted, in the NFL, you need to go to college for a couple of years. You know, in the NBA, you can be a one and done. College hockey, college hockey is different. You can sign with the team and still play college hockey. Yeah. I really, I really, we we're speaking about how college baseball could be better. They need to adopt the hockey model and get rid of double A for on down. And just NBA let them used to sign, have that model. Yeah, let them sign with teams and still play college baseball so that college baseball would be awesome because I've had fun the last couple or the last week betting it. I just wish it were bigger. But they, they're going to need to adopt something like that where these young golfers aren't just like, you know, again, staying at a super super eight and grinding their way through this. Like these high end high end golfers who are young and coming up the PGA is going to have to subsidize them somehow. Otherwise they're just going to lose. Most and you're going to have to, you're going to yeah. have to glad hand them. Yes. Like you're going to have to spoil. It's ironic because it's so anti-golf, but you're going to have to spoil the prospect maybe in the same way the NFL has to, like yes. you never played it down, but you're spoiled and you're special. Yep. Like, I think I think that's going to be the biggest change. I do want to have to, otherwise they'll lose everyone. Can I end this just being an enormous hypocrite? Because it yes. wouldn't like be fitting any other way. <laughs> there is one player out of all of them I'm actually a little disappointed in. Oh God! And it sounds weird to say this because I I'm really not. And I get like he just doesn't have the game anymore. But of everyone that went, of everyone that's going, the PGA Tour. No one benefited more from what the PGA Tour gave them than Ricky Fowler. Nobody. Oh, Phil, DJ, you could argue they earned everything they got. They earned it. And I don't want to dismiss. I'm a Ricky Fowler fan. He's a genuine good guy. You've seen him U.S. Open qualify, miss, send their sign autographs for three hours. That's not for, in the dark. That's not for show. That's not loves the game and the game is being taken away from him. And I guess he still wants to play. And I sympathize with that, but nobody owes the tour more than that guy. Nobody, but it's not like there's special exemptions. Memorial isn't every week. You're not, you're only friends with so many Jack Nicholas and people sponsors would let him play. I don't know. We want to do that. I, I, I made myself a hypocrite because I'm really not disappointed in anybody, but I will close by saying none of them, benefited more from the the what the pga tour did for them than than rick 
Yeah, the entire discussion around the massive amounts of money that these guys are leaving on the table from an ad standpoint and sponsorship standpoint is negated by this guaranteed money up front almost for some of these guys. And Ricky still moves the needle from uh, There's so fancy. few players that tour puts a parachute on. Oh my gosh. They put a parachute None. on him and every, timing was everything. His look, the colors, poo, there's so many factors. But but we know that they can put, they put the parachute and I became a fanboy. So credit to him that he made money off me. The sports books made money off me. Everybody in North America made money off Ricky Fowler being pushed. I lost money. <laughs> I bought Puma hats and lost bets, but everyone else made a lot. I'm sure of it. I, I got an orange Puma shirt upstairs in the closet. So yeah, yeah he, you know, I was there because he is likable. He does seem like a good dude. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just interesting. I, I, you know, to Jeff's point, like we don't know about the golf and at the, at the end of the day, the golf and like the structure of this like team and individual vibe could be interesting. These team names are fucking bizarre. Can it survive? I, on uh, his dream, though? I wanted, right. yeah, I, I wanted to, I wanted to switch over to RBC, but now I, I do have to bring up the team event. It makes no sense what they're doing. So it's, it's a stroke play event, but you're on a team drafted by a captain so it seems to me that these captains are essentially playing fantasy golf in an event that they're playing in. So they draft a team, and then based on how those guys do, they can advance their team. But the teammates don't, like, play together or anything. It's still just stroke play golf like a normal tournament. It's it's I kind of like that. Yeah, the team names and the logos are the cringiest. It cringiest shit i've seen in a while it's like they yeah they they hired they hired some kid that it's trying too hard i think like i think they're doing enough to sort of get us noticing the team golf dynamic is weird doesn't make sense we're gonna see them care you're gonna see them like even high five because they want a team event they won't even does dj have to be dragged out to like watch some guy finish he's like buddy i just played 18 i'm going to shit and shower i'm not watching my, like I'm not watching that guy. I don't give a shit. I, I, sorry, I sorry that I drafted I Jedi Morgan, Morgan, but I'd buy a jer- like if they make like jersey T-shirts or something. I, I swear to you, I'd buy one of those horrible team names. I can see you with a live tours Fowler on the back. Uh, that done. is the one thing that golf is done. missing that other sports waste have. More money is the jersey. Like if they should create jerseys, like everyone, oh, they we, we shit on people's shirts because it's like, oh, what was say that with like, the Ryder Cup? It's the only time I think they should have like their names, all, something like cool that you could mass produce if people wanted to buy it. Yeah, I know, like ten year old boys don't really care about golf like that. It's kind of like almost a regret I have in life. Is I wish I went to the court. Like I regret not loving golf as a kid. I wish I had 20 more years of chips in these wrists so I could actually maybe do it effectively. Um, yeah. Cause I'm one of those losers now that actually like will tell his child. It's a life skill. <laughs> it is it, it's the game. You want to learn and play forever. Play for the rest of your life. Yeah. You can't play basketball when you're in your seven. My dad would say, you're going to get 16 friends. You're going to round up your friends, go play baseball. I'll be like, yeah, we're going to <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> talking about me yeah people just uh and it was easier so all right our rbc rbc we'll, we'll, so we'll very bitch, we'll bitch about the live every week yeah the uh probably not that long but that was it was good we got we got all our feelings out and there's still so much more to find out like really two weeks from now once the us open happens we're gonna we're gonna find out a lot more and i'm excited for that yeah uh we're scared the... Canadian Open, uh, like you said, mentioned in uh, Jeff's backyard here. Very unique board, very unique field. Um, we have some big names. We have five of the top 10 in the world. But when you get kind of down the board, we have just 12 of the top 50. And it kind of plays itself out in the odds market and is kind of a unique uh, unique board when we have all these guys that are under 20. And then we have a fairly large drop-off down into what ends up being, I guess, the mid-tier this week. So, um Jeff, kick us off. Is there anyone that jumped out to you at the top of the board when we have Scotty, JT, and Rory? Again, we haven't seen this course in a long time. We haven't played this event for a couple of years for COVID reasons. I think, you know, we haven't been here since 2010, so it's really not uh, anything statistically that we need to, you know, draw on here. But again, pretty straightforward course. There's not a lot of, like, unique uh, looks here. You Again, can be penal rough, um, your basic you know, tree line course. Is there anything here at uh, St. George's golf and country club that we need to know about and talk to me about the top of the board. 
I'm no St. George expert. I will say, I think it, I do expect a winning score 16 to 18 under par. I think it can be penal, but it could also be taken apart. When you discuss the top, it's the caveat of the week before the major. We've seen now we're on a pretty consistent trend here of, of, of uh, the week before the major going like certainly north of 50 to one um, this year and last year so far, quite, quite significant long shots guys but we're also seeing this new trend of the young really good players wanting to play the week before the major realizing how hot they get when they're hot stay hot um i make the comment about the week before the major but you have to acknowledge right behind kh lee a couple weeks ago was speed decky and justin thomas so mm -hmm. it's like a, it is such a fine line i didn't make any of these bets i would bet rory um you could argue that the neutralizing of, of a course like this takes away his, his strength, but I've seen him in Canada take apart courses like this. Cam Smith, based on like game type and course type, I think I would argue is the best is the best fit. But if I did make a move near the very, very top, it would be Rory. I've passed on them all. How about you, Andy? Looking at my card, yeah, it was it was one of those where, man, Scotty probably just wins this, right? I think we're at that spot where we were at the beginning of the year with Rom. It's like, man, Rom's in the field, but can we bet him at this price? And kind of, I'm kind of there with Scotty now. I, I love him. I, I like everything about him. But I honestly have a lot of respect for how Rory's playing right now. I had him in my card last week at a, you know, a pretty expensive price. If you really want to say it, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't fire on some of these guys right now. Just it's a. I don't ever want to throw motivation into it. Like they all want to play the best golf. They all want to win every week, but man, it is, it is a tune up week in some foreign ass country where they're just and on that note. It should be Sam Burns then as the best. Just, yeah. Just because like, if, yeah. field, small field before major, after major, we say all, every yeah. week, he just exudes a winner. He doesn't care what field he's in. He doesn't no. care about the purse. He just exudes being a winner. So you like sort of having guys with that attitude in these types of events that that border super, uh, significantly bigger events, I'd guess. As Andy's talking, he's like, well, I should bet Sam Burns. I'm not, but as you talk through it, I guess Sam Burns might be the the pick here. I pass them all. Yeah, I messaged Jeff yesterday because I was uh, you know sitting on Burns because I thought Burns made a ton of sense, and I think JT is in that same spot where i think there's a history here of of jt competing the week before majors i think jeff's talked about how this you know you know I, jt's maybe at the late stage of the young guys at this point because he's you know getting up there a little bit but um you know we have like four straight top tens the week before major for for jt and i think they want to carry that momentum in versus the old school mentality of a tune-up week which i think there's obviously something to that but like i don't know i don't think that jt is going to use this just to get in some shots. Like I think he wants to, he wants to tee it up. Wins are hard to get. This is not a super strong field. Take that win, carry it over to Boston and, and keep going. Um, so JT again at 10 is really hard to get to seven on DraftKings. That's, you know, um, and the, I mean, there are number. some of these players who may have gone to Toronto via Boston, you know, that, yeah, I'm sure. Already, JT yeah. He did. He's one he, of them. he did. Yeah. There, there's several that have like stopped and, yeah, you know, so it's hard to say like, oh, their head's not in it because you see this all the time. It's not like, uh, it's not like they took two days off and went to went to Monster Jam in Birmingham. They stopped to golf. Like, yeah. like how does more golf make you not yeah. good? At, like, I get it. You should play the course you're at and get to know it, get to understand maybe a, a little bit of, especially this one that's not an every year course. You know that you're seeing. I do believe St. George's, yeah. well, well, distance wise, certainly is no U.S. Like that's yeah off the tee. You're not going to have any like I need a 200 yard iron into a par four. We're not there with St. George's, but I do think you have to. You get yourself in trouble it can be some like pretty decent U S open prep, the Northeast yeah. rough. Like we're, we're thick. We're lush right now. Uh, it will be penal. If you miss, you'll have to get really creative around the greens, you know? So I don't think like there are some things, um, but I'm with Andy. You stop to golf and I'm not going to say anything bad about Justin Thomas. Who's also his whole tiger connection. 
If you like legacy players, I'm going to say something real corny here. Maybe it's just like a stand for Canada and this event and its history. It is the third oldest national championship in the world. The all-time greats of the sport have won this tournament. Um, it's it's a big one. It was the first event Arnold Palmer won, Jack won, Tiger won, Trevino won. Like, it is just a great list of, of past champions that that when when they do win it they like to boast on it. it's not it's something you could lose and then not care about but when they do win it they like to boast about um the legacy aspect i know that because it's most recent winner was rory who's also a legacy guy and he glad handed on to that which made us feel nice here in canada yeah and we got that rbc narrative here with obviously the, you know the g you know the dj is kind of a you know been left to the side of the road so um, you can see that with uh, with a JT, you know, coming out here and this kind of being an annual stop for him moving forward. So, um, yeah, I think RB like how it's like when you're a good team and you lose a top free agent, like how RBC, I'm fully expecting to send the bank to one of these guys. Rory's interesting because he's a Nike guy and they pretty much require barren shirts. But JT is totally open for business and be a great ad, I think, for for them to get a preeminent guy for a company that has two regular tour stops. Yeah. No, I agree. So outside of cam uh, Smith, there, as you mentioned, we get down to that second tier where we have some short prices on some guys that I, you know, bet last week. I bet a lot this season that haven't really closed the gap. Um, Shane Lowry is super short. Matthew Fitzpatrick is super short and I like them a lot. I think they fit here, but those are really hard numbers to get to Corey Connors, obviously for all the reasons that you would expect, um, there, you know, his, his game could fit here very well with the ball striking prowess that he has, you know, but 20s across the board almost, uh, 22 at a couple of places on Connors is fairly short. Um, then you get into the next range when you get into that 40 and uh, and below range, Finau, Hatton, HV3, Hadwin, Kirk. Um, interesting little tier, and again, this is kind of where we see a fairly precipitous drop off from that Lowry fits Connors tier to this next group of guys. I think we all have a few plays here in this middle. Uh, I know a guy that you have been hammering, Jeff, is uh, is in this. This is a guy that you picked. I believe you told me that you had told someone that you had com pot committed on HV3 winning this week, uh, so you have to make the bet. Yeah, I talked myself into it before it even happened. And, I'm, and I like him into the HV3 backstory, which allows me to think he can get over that back nine because it's just like, it's gone and he's he's a forward kind of guy ryan full disclosure um so yeah that came out 42 on FanDuel, 22 on DraftKings. you're like i don't know what to do is 42 even a good number like i know 22 is horrible <laughs> but is 42 fair is 42 right and, and i i kind of force bet it because I'm just into Varner at the moment. As we sit here on Monday, I don't really like feel it like I felt on Tuesday. Like the next day, the morning after, not as gung ho um, about it. I've also heard some rumors he's in like Oregon right now, which could mm. be, I don't think he's scouting live, but he's kind of just doing something. And okay. he is an RBC ambassador. So maybe he just feels like committed to this one. And there's the US Open next week. But course sets up perfect for his ball striking so i'm not as like gung-ho um about it as i was out of the gate that being said it still represents some pretty good clv yeah whatever whatever, whatever that's worth for people that did take that early 42 i don't know that i'd be shocked by the time we get to like wednesday night ryan if 40s are kind of back there um for harold across the market so I'm in on Harold. It's almost like a FOMO bet. It's not the bet that I feel the best about. Certainly, if we can, we can move on. Or I'm sure we hey. can piggyback on some of those that we share. CLV is is CLV. Uh, Andy, you took a couple shots there in like the twenty below. As you know, guy mentioned, you, you playing the uh, Canadian narrative this week, or is uh... Oh. yeah, I haven't been oh. on Lowry a ton, but I did play. I found a twenty, yeah. just a shade over twenty. It's like fuck. That's I probably just have to, it was like, I'm going to put money on either Lowry or Fitz. And I found a price I liked on Lowry. I'm not excited, but just the stats, I'll flesh it out. Like he, he's going to win something or he's going to be damn close to winning something. 
I have him so high in my rankings in every which way I look at it. So had to play a little of him in the second tier there. And then, yeah, Corey Connors found a 24 this morning. And not only, yes, it's a Canadian. I guess that's a nice little bump. But, man, this time of the year, last year, he was playing great. If he can get that ball striking back to last summer's form, I think he top 20 in the the open later in the year. But, like, before that, that stretch of, like, the PGA, the Schwab, he had a couple before that. I, I'm trying to think where he actually got uh, – he did, like, a top five earlier in the year. No, it was a – the Masters, it wasn't top five, but he was top ten there. He's played well last week at the Memorial. He's just a guy that's popping, popping, popping for me. I, I kind of didn't want to. I was either going to take – it's almost like building a DFS lineup for me. It's like, you know what, I might just bet Scotty, Rory, and then like five guys that are 100 to 1. <laughs> and I said that, and I, I kind of went the opposite way where I went with a couple people in the 20s, and then I didn't bet anyone until we got to 50. So I did skip over Varner. I'm a Varner fan. I like it. I just, like Jeff said, that if there was a 40-45, I'd do it, but 30s are not going to do it for me there. And then, I mean, other people in that range, I just I don't bet Tony Finau. It's not something I do. I'm going to just try to keep that off my card in general. And I, I guess if you want to bet Patrick Reed, you can. I, uh, I want a matchup bet by more strokes than I think I've ever won a matchup bet where both men made the cut because it was Billy Horschel over Patrick Reed. I think there was an 18 stroke gap between the two of them. It was just wild looking at that matchup at the end of the day. The only one I fucking won for full tournament, but um, yeah, that middle range is kind of dead to me. And I ended up with, I ended up with Munoz and Chris Kirk about 50 to one on both. And again, it was just number stuff for me. The the form is really there for Munoz. Kirk, obviously, as well. I have them as decent fits, and I, I don't know. I I struggled building my course fit for this week, as it is tough, rough, but I really think we're actually going to see some bomb and gouge. So I, I'm fine yeah. with some guys who can hit the ball a mile. For sure. Yeah, it's a unique um, mix of, like, par fours, too. Like, some shorter par fours, that, you know, some forced layups. So I think we'll see some less than driver at times. A lot of the length of the course is tied up in the par three. I will say St. George's, much like my club, which is hosting next year, which hosted yesterday's Monday qualifier. There's not a single person in, in our membership who I would have spoken to that would have thought the winning score in the Monday qualifier would have been three under. I'd have bet like a testicle it had been at least five under. Like thinking this course, knowing the court, like there's no way. I know it's not PGA, it's Monday qualifier, a lot of just random, but you, they're all all these kids are like six five and it's incredible anyhow um and they're not even the pros and and, and st george it's a very similar architectural same same stanley thompson design classical tree line golf course this has me like my head spinning as to like maybe it will play harder but i do agree it doesn't seem that hard i i do think somebody gets it flirts with 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 20 much like the the thing in Dallas where they play Shadow or the Creek and Buddy got to 26. How do I put this? This year, next year, it's not the toughest courses in town. I shouldn't say in town, but they're the courses in town. They're the courses in Toronto City Center. Just like Byron, they want to be in Dallas where RBC, they, RBC's headquarters are in Toronto. They want to take their their people they want to be able to drive 20 minutes and Make go sense. and not have to we got courses all over this country that could play to even par i promise you they're not going there they just want to be in toronto city center now love fits love lowry had to pass on both i might get there on fits and i'll feel really stupid if lowry wins and i bet fits because i'm seeing them at the same number at my shops like lowry's the guy that wins, Fitz is the guy that isn't. I'm beholden to betting guys that don't win. We can move on. The Canada thing, if this, if this course, if this event on this course, this course type was anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, I'd have money on Corey Connors, I'd have money on Adam Hadwin, but I will not. Now, I've bet Nick Taylor 150 to 1 because that's my token Canadian, I guess, for the week because I'm obligated to have one. I'm here to tell everybody out there, this can be old takes exposed. You here to just token bet Canadians? You got it all wrong. You've never watched this tournament. 
David Hearn went off in the final group a couple of years ago, Andy, with Jason Day. You'd have think he was competing for the goddamn Masters. <laughs> what TSN, what this country does to these guys. You want to bet on a guy who's just trying to win the RBC with pressure like it's the Masters? I don't want to bet that narr- that dynamic. That's what I'm telling you those guys will be up against. Now, we see the Irish Open. We see, like, Shane Lowry win that. We see European events in, 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 in Spain. And you see a bunch of Spaniards, like, on the leaderboard. It, for whatever reason, I don't know. Here, it's, too I, polite. it's so messed up what we do. If you could watch Canada Sports Center that week, you, you'd believe me. I'm telling you, I am outright. They can play fine. I'm not betting them to win. I am not. Yeah, we had this conversation around Ashley Barty in the Australian Open because it had been like 45 damn years since an Australian had won. She's like number one in the world. If she was number one, yeah, with Scotty Scheffler, we would be like, yeah, you'd be excited. But no, but but, but Corey Connors, the the pressure, the pressure thing, you know, it it did get brought up. And I kind of said that. I said, you know what? Athletes are wired differently. Like it's not the same. Like these are these are the you know the the top of their game. I think that applies for every country in the world except probably probably the the polite states. folks up there. No, I don't think it applies to the states because you guys. No, you no, know. I'm applying it to you, Canada. I don't, I don't think Canadian oh. athletes are only only hockey players. Yo, I oh, I just like an American can win an event in America. No one gives a shit. That's a weekly occurrence. Oh yeah, we have like thirty like of them. It. Yeah, I'm just saying I don't know why, and we've seen guys get into. Cont- VJ Singh, Andy, you don't know this. VJ Singh tried to give it to Mike Weir. He like missed a five footer. Him and Mike Weir were like best friends. It's not even a thing. They're real life best friends. VJ won multiple majors. It's like Mike, like I want you to have this, Mike. Mike couldn't even do it. He couldn't even take it. It's crazy. I believe I believe I, I hate that I have to bet on a Canadian now, but I'd still have I mean I already bet Connors. I can't no, I'm not, <laughs> listen if I had a pick, I'm just saying if this event on this course type Adam Hadwin fits what this course seems like it's asking as much as anyone in the field. It's like I, I like Hadwin as much as I like Chris Kirk, who I might actually bet, but he's not Canadian. <laughs> I wanted a Taylor Pendrith bomb, but he you know he withdrew again. He's so. just been back from injury. I don't really know what's up with it's him. He's hip, been out right? for a while. We were on that. He's been a fun guy up here in Canada. Kind of disappeared, though. I think there's been some injury um there that's been brought to my attention. Yeah, I think he's dealing with a hip injury, I think I saw. So uh that kid can hit it a mile. So I was thinking, hey, club down, he could still contend, and maybe he can fight through the pressures that the Canucks put on each other up there. Uh, but yeah, it'll the only be, way uh, Canucks winning is if it's Canuck versus Canuck. Yeah, that's true. It's been rough, you know. The Oilers got bounced. You know, they need you know they need something yeah. up there. Oh yeah, America wins another cup. I forgot. Buddy, you know the Nord. They're still Quebec. That's like oh, an Nordiques. That's a half one. That's true. That's a half one. They haven't won it. They haven't won it, but that's still like some Canada. I'm just saying. I, I, I guess no freeze hasn't been put when you put the the abs into I, the cup into the cup finals. Um, yeah, I and I would love America to win. But I just want you guys to know, just a standard Canadian event, like what they do on the leaderboard on the Canada Sports Center, is they'll literally just show like the guys in first and second, and then instead of third place, it's just the Canadians. <laughs> well, it's like seeing the medal count at uh, you know. For the Olympics, yeah, like, and I get American. Like, hey, here's a guy who got like but... fifth in the long jump for America. Yeah, um, and we love personal bests. We we appreciate a personal best more than any nation on earth. Granted, we're an incredibly proud sporting nation, and to finally win this tournament would be, it would be treated like someone just won a major. I am not kidding. I mean, awesome. that. no, it for would sure. be great. It would be great, and I'd hope the golf Twitter ecosystem. Would enjoy it because I'd lose money on it, but I will enjoy it. You should yeah. put a little on Corey. Just it's too it. short. Adam at like 50 can do it with the card, but I'm more in the Nick Taylor Svensson rank. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think Connor's, Connor's just runs. So, Connor's uh, wired away. Ryan Ryan of Bet Fee now. We should put that out there. Uh, he got a 33. I think I got a 32. The same shit, but second and a fourth in his last couple events. Like if I'm not going to bet Fee now, now at 30, I don't know. That's yeah. just what I got to do. Oh my God, Feinberg bet Varner and Vina Finau. Thanks for. Yeah. The tips. Oh, 
I've also bet Hatton. I've bet Hatton. Yep. I think he sets up very nice. When I see Fitz at like 18 and I see Hatton at 33, it just, I jumped to Hatton. I jumped. I'm hoping he's ready to make that uh, move. And I don't know whether Andy was insulting it, but I did bet Patrick Reed at 65 to one. He was, was 50 to win the Memorial last week. I would love to see Patrick Reed win in, in Canada. That would be fantastic. I think his game, if it turns into a, you know, just a bit of a shot making situation and get out of some, tr some green trouble. I actually trust Reed at the moment. So that is a bet that I've made. So that's my card for the moment. He's, I think he, he still it has it, but yeah. he, he has these blow up rounds where it's just like, Patrick, you, you can't have a round like that. And he, yeah. he was good at the, from the outright betting perspective. I acknowledge yep. that, but yep. it's one of those situations that I'm betting on. Like we've seen like two and a half. We've seen like, two good rounds we've seen it turn into like two and a half good rounds three good rounds now i'm just like let's progress to four rounds or like not the disaster round i do believe it's in there at the moment i there's like hundred to ones for the u.s open i don't know man we i could be back in like a read mode but for at least the moment i i, I do back him in canada and i'm circling around that chris kirk I, like I'm still, I'm still thinking. Yeah, I love Chris Kirk this week. I'm still thinking that maybe of all the Canadian, Corey Connors is built a little different. I don't think he's going to let the pressure get to. He just, you know what? He's got bigger Tim bits than the rest of them. He's just going to reach. He's going to reach down, and he's fine. Like, <laughs> I uh, love, I love Corey Connors. I love him. If he like wins, now, now I want it. I of all of them, obviously, would if you could pick. A guy to win, you'd say, Well, I'd like the longest odds I bet this week to win. That would be perfect. I'd make the most money, or whichever one has the best payout for you. But now I think I really just want to see Corey Connors win because it'd be a fun day for Canada, who just again lost their last uh, NHL team in the playoffs and <laughs> they need a hero, right? It could be like Scott and Tessa level heroics here. So Corey Connors is my, I don't know, we need like something stupid, like a gimmick, like your pick to click. He's my favorite. <laughs> Because I I just flat bet my I bet I flat bet all of my outrights the same unless they're over hundred and one then I start betting them smaller but okay. so like I would like so truthfully I'd like Chris Kirk to win I think that's the best payout that makes sense yeah I mean it's hard not to argue and you run stuff statistically I mean I have Connor's third in the last twenty four rounds I mean it is too it feels too short but again part of it I think is both that who's actually in the field how those boards kind of kind of crunch to the top and the Canadian narrative probably driving some of the early action on them too. So yeah, I, I took Fino as well. Like Jeff said, I, I, um, I didn't know that Jeff was taking Fino, but uh, we, I like that I mean, we are sharing we that one. I just like the, I mean, I assumed he probably wouldn't, I saw the board, um, but I had messaged him considering Burns and Fino, but again, Fino at the, you know, 33 was a, a really nice number and the ball striking has been nice. We have a couple of top fives in the last couple of times out. Um, you know, competed in that weak field event in Mexico, which is good to see. And then ball striking has been kind of trending up. So like Finau here quite a bit. And I took a couple other guys in the same range. I didn't take Kirk, who I love. I didn't take Hadwin, who I think makes a ton of sense. Um, but I am also on Munoz. And I also grabbed Keith Mitchell at 50, um, which I don't know. I just kind of like Keith Mitchell. I think he's playing pretty good. Could score here in the par fives, um, you know, which I think could matter here this week too. And not a great Mitchell course per se, but I, I like the number on Mitchell too. So, and then the rest of it's down the board. Took a couple of a darts. CT Pan at eighty. CT Pan is mispriced in my perspective. Like straight, the ball striking is great, and we know the putting can be wonky. Not a great par five score per se, but like everything else, he's good from this like longer two hundred plus yard distance. So I like CT Pan quite a bit at his number. I have him tenth in my stuff this week, so I like the eighty on him. Um, and that's it. I took a deep, deep, deep down the board dive at, uh, at Patrick Rogers, who like came out really high in my stuff this week. And I was surprised. And they kind of looked at the form. The ball striking has been actually fairly good with Rogers for like the last month and a half or so. So 200 on Rogers as a dart this week. Um, but that's kind of it. I, I have a room for more, but I could be convinced on some of the other stuff. But it, that's it for me right now. Might have some positional stuff, and Rogers was on a short list for that. Like, like shit, this isn't a guy I can actually bet to win this. Even though I know I'm, I bet Alex Smalley to win this, and again, <laughs> that was just a that's probably again just a numbers thing. But like, 
Alex Smalley, if you're going to put him at 175 to one <laughs> somewhere, you're going to get a couple bucks from Andy on that. So other than the, the four I mentioned, yeah, JJ Spawn and Alex Smalley at 135 and 175 to one, respectively, as my arts. It's uh, maybe some guys I should put some top 40 bets on just uh, to pay those outrights off. But there's a couple guys I like. And same, like you said, uh, Rogers and then also CT Pan. Some top 40 guys on my short list as well. No outrights on those two, though. Yes. Yeah, so, so finishing position bets at the top of the board, I think, makes sense. The top, we're talking about how we think some of these guys that, you know, the JTs, Rory's, Burns, you know, I think some top 10s on those guys makes a ton of sense. If you don't get down on them on the outrights, because I, I think Lowry fits, you can add to that mix too, because I'm not going to be surprised if we see a little bit of a top heavy board here. So um, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. If you can find good numbers on those guys. I've just been looking for that, uh, looking for some Patrick Rogers here. Um, for me, for the bombs I have looked at, I mentioned, I have Nick Taylor, uh, Brendan Todd, a hundred to one over at DraftKings. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, you know, form if if it plays to a certain way, um, yep, you, know, you just can keep it real clean, and that's a big discrepancy because he's as low as sixty and fifty in some spots. And DraftKings throwing the hundred um, out there on Taylor, and I just had someone else on my head. You wish you could like trust Emiliano Grio because it does feel like an ideal like course type for everything Grio um, does, but it only a matter of holes before he misses a putt he believes should have broken a certain way and he gives the hole the finger and everything goes uh, <laughs> downhill. Fucks the club in the water. Yeah, mm-hmm. it goes downhill from there. Uh, Rasmus Hogard, I've seen as high as 100 to 1. Um, this is just like a completely irrelevant, like correlated narr- narrative, but we saw Higo in this exact spot. It wasn't the Canadian Open. It was at Palmetto. It was like his second or third ever PGA start. Had a couple Euro wins in the bag. Uh, like, I wouldn't be shocked. I believe that much in the Rasmus Hogard ceiling. And over in Europe, they play a lot of these, like, classical tree-lined, can-be-penal courses that aren't very long. So I think he'll be very comfortable there. And and uh, Matt Wallace is another guy who can kind of fit that, even though it's one I don't think I'm going to be betting. Maybe placings. I'm just a fan of his. Would like to see him play well. But Todd and... And uh, Erasmus and Taylor will probably be the triple digits that I'm I'm looking at. And if 200 on Patrick Rogers, because you're not the first person to make that that case uh, to me this week, Ryan. Yeah, there's some 80s on Rogers too. So like the 200 is still sitting there on uh, on DraftKings. So yeah, he just I don't know. He's I'm a sucker for him at times too. Like long and good putting, and if we can get into the ball striking kind of can carries over what we've seen of late from him, which is encouraging. Maybe there's something there Uh, again, finishing position. Probably. I think he's like plus plus one seventy five for a T 40, which is probably a safer bet for you. Uh, But a 200, you know, you want a a little sprinkle. There's nothing wrong with that. I think he can be in the mix here a little bit. So yeah, very interesting board here. And I'm interested to see. And I think because we don't see this course, I think not locking in on a golfer archetype is probably smart. You want to be able to cover. That's why I think the Hoy Garden call makes sense because if there's there's an ability to bomb and gouge here, then you want to have some guys that can absolutely mash. And if it's going to be a place where, you know, we want fairways and ball striking and then that leads itself to more, you know, Brandon Todd's and CT Pans and, uh, you know. Yeah, even- I just don't think, you know, it's hard to get the grasp. And I think Andy's right. The course is short enough where some of these big guys – they will just they'll they'll release their kraken, and when the times it doesn't work, they're so close to the green they'll just fluff it up there, get it twenty six feet, and for birdie, and you get lucky and make one of them. But this course is set up where there's gonna be enough, you know, six foot birdie putts available to the guys hitting it well nonstop for a few days. That yep. you can you can survive, I think, mashing it as long as you don't find the ultimate um, trouble. Yep, it's uh, Andy. We cover your card. You know your stuff. Yeah, it was yeah, Connor's yeah. Connor's Lowry, Munoz, Kirk. Both uh, Connor's and Lowry in the 20s, Munoz and Kirk around 50. And then Spawn and Smalley is my bombs and I'm still kind of working on a I I think maybe something a, a quick takeaway to end the show is I don't do things the same for people I think who can win people who I want to bet in matchups and people who I think can like top 20, top 40. 
Like those are, I'm looking for different things. Like you, you need to have a lot of different things clicking to bet someone to win. Whereas like matchups, that's a whole different set of numbers. And and then I was going to say like my top 40 stuff, I start with what I use to bet winners. Like I start with my outright numbers and I, I make a short list, but then I run a whole bunch of other stuff I'm looking at because for a top 40 bet, I need somebody that has all the things that can win but just not enough of them for me to bet them. And then I got to go back and look. It's like, what does this guy have for like a blow up factor though? Like, is he, is he liable to just have a horrible day, a horrible round, something like that, that cause they don't top 40 that often if they miss the cut. But that I uh, think correlates very well with, you know, how you look at it. Um, you know, I like this guy to win. I'm going to bet him to win maybe a little, but I've T-forded it and I got him, you know, in my D- in my DFS. But for you to make into my, I think you're going to T-40, you probably have to be doing enough unless you're some like really super cheap $6,000 guy that I'm just like begging, get through, like just get through and everyone else will do their job. If I'm betting you T-40, like I circled your win market for sure. Like mm-hmm. I swam around mm-hmm. it at some point. Yeah. Um, to, to do that so i do totally agree and that kind of mimics how people probably go from betting to even dfs lineups on that on that spectrum yeah yep that's a good call yeah and i think there's you know varying approaches too like last week i had a really really narrow player pool so like the guys i bet outright i just covered them on t20s uh maybe t30 with the right number we almost got home with aaron wise which would have been uh oh, yeah. would have been exciting but uh yeah, and then this week I'm probably going to do it different because I have some shots down the board, but I really because I just think the numbers on like JT, Rory, Burns, Lowry are a little too short for me. But Aaron I think why is not the U.S. Open correct? I don't think so. Okay, unfortunately, Ryan, the numbers debt like we're coming out of. I mean, uh, the U.S. Open would have re- represented a pretty big number. The field yeah. been so strong. Next time we see Aaron Wise, you're gonna have to plug your nose on Monday morning, man. It's gonna be short. 80 last week was nice. And, he is uh, on con. He was the best player. Minus Billy's inability to make a bogey. Aaron Wise was the best player in the field. Like when I backstatted it after the fact, and the network was even bringing bringing that up through the day. So, oh, the Wise Grang. Like you got. Oh, I think about you, you guys so a lot. Close. I was enamored with the weekend, with the weekend golf on because I had other stuff to do. But I'm like, he's in the mix. I gotta like, I gotta be here. I gotta be present for this. I need to capture it. So yeah, it was, uh, and I, it was such an easy thing because I think I know Jeff at least, and I think Andy too. Like, I just no offense to Billy and his family. I'm sure he's a lovely person. I cannot <laughs> stand watching him play golf. No. I just it, it is. I just don't like it. And it was just such an easy thing to be rooting for Aaron all out uh, because he's not only in the mix, but he's up against Billy Horschel, and it just uh, it just couldn't come to fruition. But uh, Continue to ride or die, and uh, hopefully the prices don't get too prohibitive. Because uh, again, all the reasons I wanted to back him were, you know, came out last week. So we'll get there. We'll, we'll find a way. So, all right, gentlemen, appreciate you as always. Again, look at us. You know, we're kind of right on time. A nice little tidy show, and we spent you know, thirty-five minutes talking about uh, a tour that hasn't even uh, taken a, you know, teed off yet. So it's going to be interesting here in the world of golf. We'll continue to. It'll make a nice, uh, busy newsletter, Andy. It gives you nice, lots of content there on the newsletter. Oh, God, all afternoon. Um, Usti, Lara Thobble, Becker, and Phil. little bonus card there. I just bet those guys during the show. Okay. Usti, Lori Cantor. Ooh, uh, I, uh, there were some huge offshore. I don't know what I was doing yesterday, guys. I saw those offshore numbers. I saw Wiesberger like 60 I look, I'm yeah. like, that's amazing. Like, what may I, I just didn't, I wasn't in a headspace. I didn't fire. I sit down to no, do a I show. Sh- Henny Dupuisis is like 100. By the time I'm done, he's 40. I missed the gang of offshore insanity early for Liv. So that really was a kick in the nuts. But um, Usti Lori Cantor would be my picks. Hmm. This that, is uh, we- Scott Vincent Kid, who was like, Profile is a mess, but he's won his last two times out. He's like twenty-two to one. I can't imagine he uh, takes down a tour event with DJ in it. But uh, I looked at his skill profile. I'm like, who is this guy? Do you, do you know which good. country he plays for? I, I did see it was a weird flag. I don't know Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Okay. And people, I've seen he some of my Olympics. friends. 
over betting because they think like DJ's dead money this week after getting a hundred and like 80 million. Like he's probably going to win his fair share live events. I'm sure. But like this one, people are just like no effing chance, buddy. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see, but, uh, Louie off the farm for me, I'm going to tell with Andy, Andy there. I saw Mayo made the Louie Rory double. Mm. this week so maybe you want the jt louis double or, or i have something par- just... i have parlayed outrights before it's never worked <laughs> but boy that number looks pretty good when you place it like oh i would i would just retire then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i but andy pressured me because i can't not be able to tell my grandchildren that i bet on the first live event <laughs> yeah you just just have to make one just yeah i have to day. like yeah there's no way that i can't go to bed are you oh. like gonna screen grab your? Do you want like paper copies of your betting slips? You want to reach out oh, to sportsbook for? I have to buy a them. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna go on the mantle in the fireplace in the back. Yeah, you know, maybe I should be just like screen grabbing them and creating like a Shutterfly book, my, <laughs> like my wife does with our goddamn vacations. So, all right, that's a that's a weird way to end it, but we are gonna end it. It is the RBC Open, brought to you by Betsperts Golf. We're not an official sponsor of that uh, that event, but I made it sound like we were. So, Ryan, you got anything else? No, new tool coming soon on the site. Very excited, excited, and we're gonna we'll keep it, it free for you. for you for a while. So, uh, we, you will we'll be loud about that when it happens. Uh, apologize, we're excited about it. We want you to be over, you know, get over on the site and play with it too. So that is uh, is I would imagine within hours, uh, and then that's vague because hours could be more than two days worth but like it's coming 700 hours so (laughs) all right thanks a lot jeff thanks for next week u.s open wagon i have bet sung jm i'm part of that train i signed enough in his two events to think if it plays u.s open scoring could be perfect 66 65 to one so that's like that i almost almost bet that yeah i have a i got cam young at 70 I was part of the uh I had Cam Young last week, so I got yeah. caught up in the Cam Young Thursday morning. Uh let's get off early Golf camp. Wild. Oh yeah. And it's gone, so I feel good. It's like 40 now, so I feel good about that CLV and uh we'll see if the landlord can cash that. But uh hopefully, you know, watch the flyovers. There's some incredible stuff. Like the fried egg has awesome stuff. Like Brookline video. is going to be an absolute treat on TV with the elevation changes and like the is north it close East. to you. Uh, well, I'm in Chicago now, but it's, oh, yeah, it, it's just outside of Boston. It's really like you, you'll see you'll see the skyline. Yeah, awesome. it's yeah, it's it's close to the to the city. So I saw Nike. I seen some of they got these like uh, lobster print caps that I think people oh, yeah. will be wearing. I'm, I've almost ordered one already. Is there rope? They they your rope hats? Yes, it's a rope. Oh. Hat. oh, I didn't see the rope on this I, one. I I'm saw not... something on Fanatics. Maybe it wasn't, but I did a see Nike the lobster one? print. I love it. I don't think it was Nike. It was yeah. just a good lobster print. I love a lobster print hat. So mm, yeah, so that, uh, that will be yeah. We'll have to find link me there, Andy. But uh, yeah, we appreciate it as always. Uh, we'll be back uh, to do it next week or big time for the uh, for the championship. So for Andy, Andy and Jeff, I'm Ryan. We'll see you soon. Thanks everyone.